to God's Work Displayed, Episode 7, The Lord's Supper. Welcome back to God's Work Displayed. Today we're talking about the Lord's Supper and how individuals with severe and profound intellectual disabilities can be included in participating in the Lord's Supper. Now each church will have some of its own um, interpretations and some of its own rules about who can and cannot uh, participate in the Lord's Supper, but hopefully this will uh, apply for every church you'll encounter uh, and that you can utilize these these frameworks of how to think through these issues. Now, first off, um, I hold to a what's called a um, I'm I'm Baptist, so I have a Baptistic understanding of of the Lord's Supper, which is that it is a remembrance, a memorial um, to to remind us of what the Lord has done for us, and so the bread represents the body and the um, Juice or wine represents uh, the blood spilled. <clears throat> and um, I will say that I take that from the context that Jesus established the Lord's Supper in. Um, he was having a Passover meal, which was rife with symbolism, with uh, remembering things and not uh, some sort of mystical or allegorical um, issue. And so that's why I go with it. But either way, uh, we're going to, we're going to proceed um, because even if you hold to what's called a sacramental view, um, <clears throat> this should still be applicable to you. Now, Jesus established the Lord's Supper um, in a few different places. We see that in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We see very clearly um, the Lord's Supper established. Uh, it's in Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 through 29. It's in Mark chapter 14, verses 12 through 25, and Luke, chapter 22, verses 1 through 23. Now, in John, we don't see as clear of um, an establishment of the Lord's Supper. We do see Jesus having a a Passover meal with his disciples, um, and when you look at the timeline within the scripture, it is his last supper with them. And... uh, he has a lot of important teachings he does with them during the time. So John gives us a better uh, description of what Jesus is speaking with him about during that time. And that's in John chapters 13 through 17. So next time you read those chapters, remember that Jesus is instructing his disciples during the Last Supper. <clears throat> the passage we're going to focus on is, is from Paul, and it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And so... A little background, um, Paul, you know, has all kinds of issues going on with the Corinthian church, like describing a lot of their sin issues and things like that. And so he's trying to address those, and one of the big issues is how they take the Lord's Supper together. And so he's dealing with that. <clears throat> so he, so he's, or he's writing to them, and he critiques them, and then he encourages them on how to do this. So this is in... 1 Corinthians um, chapter 11, verses 17 through 34. So I'm going to read this, um, and then we'll pray quickly. Uh, I'd like to take a little time to pray, and then we'll come back to discussing this. So 1 Corinthians 
Chapter 11, verses 17 through 34. But in giving this instruction, I do not praise you, because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, so that those who are approved may become evident among you. Therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in your eating, each one takes his own supper first, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses in which to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? But I shall say to you, shall I praise you? In this I will not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in doing so, he is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you, for this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number asleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord, so that we will not be condemned along with the Lord. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that you will not come together for judgment. The remaining matters I will arrange when I come. <clears throat> Let's pray, and then we'll get into this. Gracious Father, we thank you that we can look at your word and understand um, that you are calling us to, to come to you and to trust in you for our salvation, that only through the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and reigning of Jesus can we find hope and salvation. So Lord, please bless this time as I work through some of these issues uh, of the Lord's Supper that we can explore how we can include our brothers and sisters into this wonderful ordinance that you created. Uh, help those who are listening to be creative and to be gracious uh, with me and with the uh, people they work with to to bring them um, to a inclusion in the family of God. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> okay, so Paul had some strong words at the beginning of the passage I read, and then he has some strong words at the end. So he's dealing with a context of people are coming to meet together and they're having the Lord's Supper, and a lot of times they would have a feast at the same time, or, or essentially a potluck. And <clears throat> what was happening, though, was that the wealthy were bringing a lot of food and then just gorging themselves on it in front of the poor who did not have much food and they weren't really sharing. And so those who were uh, not well off were uh, subjugated to, to witnessing people flaunt their wealth in front of them. And so that created divisions, uh, of course. It does even today, if we were to do that. And so Paul is uh, 
condemning them for that. Because what he points out is that the Lord's Supper is not for a division creator, but in fact it is to unify us, to remind us of the unity that we have in Christ and in his salvation. So with that in mind, we need to think about that in our own congregations. How are we making the Lord's Supper a unifying event? How are we allowing people who have severe and profound intellectual disabilities to participate in it so they feel unified with the rest of the local body of believers? And this is really important because this is something that I think churches should do weekly. And that's because we proclaim the gospel um, weekly in our services. We proclaim the gospel daily, hopefully, to ourselves and to others. And so uh, the Lord's Supper is a really great, powerful reminder of the gospel that we can do weekly as a body. It does not diminish the uniqueness or specialness of that. In fact, it probably elevates it to some degree because we meditate on it even more. So so this is the time that we take to unify believers. This is what we, we unify in reflection of remi- remembering what Jesus has done for us. But then we also remember that we none of us could do it ourselves and we are all kind of in the same boat. We're all in need of, of Jesus' salvation. So, so that's where we have to think about. All right, how is our church um, set up in terms of getting people to, to let them participate in the Lord's Supper? Now, different churches do it different ways, and so we have to consider that. But I would highly recommend that churches be flexible to allow people who um, physically can't participate like the rest of everybody to be flexible to allow that. So... Because I do not read any uh, clear commands about how the Lord's Supper is conducted in terms of like the type of bread or the type of juice or wine or how 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 you consume those. Okay, um, I, if you if you think that it's in the text somewhere, please let me know. I'll correct. I'll make a correction. But I I just don't I haven't found it yet. So <clears throat> some churches, you know, will do the little cups and the little. Um, square bread <laughs> thingies. Some churches will have bread and you'll tear it off. Um, and then some churches you'll dip the bread in the juice or wine. Uh, so, you know, different ways, different ones. So it's really up to you. Each church has a reason. Hopefully they have a thought, well, well-intentioned, thoughtful reason why they do that. Um, even if it's a tradition that the church has had, hopefully people are thinking through why they do that. Uh, it's not necessarily bad that you've been doing something the same way for 50 years, but uh, what is bad is if you just accept it without processing it and thinking through it and uh, addressing, okay, is this biblical? Is this not? How is this leading us in more Christ-like behavior uh, with our brothers and sisters? So just be thinking about that. Remember, our goal is to be unified, so that everything we do should be to seek for some sort of unity during this time, okay? That's really what, in general, Sunday morning, Sunday evening service is. The, the weekly gathering is a way to unify us, okay? You hear the word preached to declare the, the glories of God, the gospel in song. 
and to, to forgiving. It's, we all are contributing to a, to a mutual th- thing um, together. And so the Lord's Supper is how we're unifying and that's something the Lord has established very clearly. So one of the big issues that you're going to have to consider is swallowing issues. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people don't think about it, but it is a big deal. So some people have issues with swallowing um, in general. So some people cannot swallow what we call thin liquids. So that would be like your ordinary water or the word separate would be your your juice or wine. Uh, real quick aside, I would recommend that you, uh, if you're considering various types of people, I would really recommend juice. Um for a couple of reasons. Um, one, if you have anybody that has an addiction history, that then they can feel comfortable participating fully without any of these concerns, but without causing a stumbling block. <clears throat> um, and the people with different medications, it, and there may be just some people who have a conscience issue. Um, you can offer both, um, but make sure there's at least juice. I really think I think that would be good. Um, but there's nothing wrong with wine, okay? In fact, that's what Jesus is using, despite what some people will tell you. It, it's it's wine. It's a weaker wine, probably, but it's it's wine. So, But I would recommend juice in this context um, because we're considering others. We're preferring others over ourselves. <clears throat> so back to the swallowing. So in this case, if you have somebody that can't swallow that, they may need their um, liquids thickened, okay? And so... That's one where you're gonna to have to find out, you know, how their how their um, liquids need to be thickened, and there's different uh, textures, consistencies that, that need to be met. And each person has a um, a protocol for themselves. So some people would have a honey thickened, and some would have a nectar thickened, and then there's I think pudding. I can't remember um, the last one, but there's different thicknesses. And so um, there, the people that work with them will know. Um, I would recommend that. <clears throat> If you can, to speak to people that work with them uh, on a medical basis. Well, one, the people that work with them on a regular basis. And they may be able to help you prepare that. Uh, you know, talk to their speech therapist. Talk to their dietitian. Talk to their doctor. Because those are also op- opening up opportunities for you to, to interact with some other people that may not know the gospel. And so then they get to see, like, what? Are you, why are you doing all this for this person who's not giving you anything back? And you can explain, like, one, they're this individual with intellectual disability is giving us blessings beyond measure, but also because we're serving the Lord, and this is our brother or sister, and so we care and love them. So, you know, those are wonderful conversations you have. So there's, um, so sometimes they have to have thickened liquids. You probably won't have it, and I would recommend, even if you don't have somebody, that maybe you can, um, if possible, have a little can of, of some thickener, um, it's mostly cornstarch, but but um, there's more to it than that. So just don't 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 just go try to make it yourself. Buy buy a can, um, and just have it available so that uh, if a situation comes up, you can do that. If you have somebody come into your your Sunday morning gathered service uh, service and they look like they have an intellectual disability, or if you have somebody that's had a stroke come in, uh, or a brain injury of some sort, those are opportunities where. Ha- you know, how can we serve you? This is one way where you can ask them, do you have any swallowing difficulties? If they say no, then, then it's not a big deal. If they say yes, then you just ask more about the details, and then you say, 
you know, we'll have some, the, the cup prepared for you. You know, we'll have one set aside for you or something like that. That's a wonderful way you can show love for them. Um, depending on how, how your church is set up and stuff. And that, that, that's okay. And you may not be able to do that first Sunday, but if they're a member, then that's something you really need to have, okay? With the bread, uh, it's a little trickier. Um, you just have, again, it's a swallowing thing. You just have to find out. Maybe you have to, most of the time we have it small anyway, so maybe that shouldn't be a problem, but maybe they need dissolved them or like in water or something. Um, some people with some swallowing issues like, the crackers will be really difficult. The bread maybe not as much. It just kind of depends. Maybe they need it mixed with the juice. Or, you know, it, it, you're just gonna have to find out their individual needs. <clears throat> you know, and this is something we just do. Um, uh, the church I'm um, a member at now, we we use crackers that are gluten free because we. There are people. This is happening before we got there. There were people who could not eat gluten, and so that was an easy switch from crackers that had gluten to the gluten-free crackers you know it's a little extra cost probably but it's worth it so that those people can participate in the lord's supper it's a very important thing so with the bread there may be some issues to come up talk again to their speech therapist the dietitian their doctor the people that work with them all the time and find out what they need <clears throat> that's simple enough and then just try to accommodate if if you if they are you know, if your church says that they can take the Lord's Supper, whatever your church's rules are for that, then make sure they can. The next issue that you're going to have to address with is, and this is probably one that a lot of people don't think about, is somebody that cannot take oral nutrition. Okay? So this is somebody who cannot eat by mouth. They can't, you know, they, they don't get their nutrition that way. So they have to have what's called a G-tube or J-tube. J-tubes are kind of are very uncommon. G-tubes for the non-oral um, person, th th that's a really common thing. So the G-tube is simply a tube. I mean, it's not simply, but it basically is a tube that, that um, goes directly into the stomach. And so they take their nutrition through that and so and their medication. And, and that's it's pretty simple because the, the majority of our digestion starts in the stomach. So a lot of things, that's not a big deal. So <clears throat> what I would say is check, make sure this is okay, but I would say that the juice and the bread go through that, and that person can help you. They can, depending on if they give their own nutrition, some people, you know, most like with somebody with severe profound intellectual disability, they're going to need a lot of assistance with putting stuff into the G-tube, making sure it's flushed and clear. <clears throat> if it's okay, check ahead of time. That's not something I would say just do it outright but get a medical clearance on that but but let let them participate as best they can to have that go in um because then that's also a part of helping them be a part of it and unifying <clears throat> and if possible um there's something called flavor sprays out there uh, i spoke to a speech path uh language pathologist i know about this recently and she said that unfortunately the place that they have the the bread and the the juice or wine one uh, is out of business or is no longer carrying them. So I don't know where you can get flavor sprays. That's going to be, has, we're going to have to hassle some of these adaptive places of, um, to, to get that. You know, what if churches across the nation started buying <laughs> um, these flavor sprays for bread and, and wine? You know, it'd be kind of interesting. And all that does, though, is that lets them have that taste, uh, but it doesn't affect, it won't cause them to choke or anything like that. 
That's something you need to ask ahead of time. Some individuals have had really bad experiences with eating uh, if they're non-oral. And so um, you don't want to do the flavor spray because it would cause so many um, horrible things to remind them of. They may not, it just may be a really bad experience. So you just have to kind of delve into that. But that might be an option to look into in the future. Um, <clears throat> so that they, because the Lord's Supper is very much a, a visceral experience. So baptism is very physical. You know, you're, you're, I'm Baptist, so I'm going to say dunk. You get immersed. And so you feel it, you know, you feel the water, you feel the temperature, you move up and down, you know, all those things. Um, the Lord's Supper, again, is that. It's the taste. It's the, the chewing, and you know, in some cases, the drinking. Some of the noises, some of the feeling of what you're holding and stuff. And so we want to allow each person to have access to as many of those sensory experiences as we can. So that's what I say next. Now, I mentioned the J-tube, and that's that's a tube that's a little different. It goes into the jejunum, uh, which is part of the intestinal tract, and... <clears throat> That's a little different in the digestion process. I am not telling you to do anything at this point. Um, you have to check with the doctor or somebody to see what is even permissible, but I would say that probably not. You probably can't do the juice or the bread or anything like that um, <clears throat> because of some digestion issues. So I will, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get in trouble on that one. Um, I don't want anybody hurt, so you just have to check. Um, the flavor sprays sell the same thing. If you can find some, maybe they can participate that way. Um, so another option then would be they can perhaps, the person who has a J-tube can also potentially help with the Lord's Supper. So I know different churches have different rules within their congregations about who can serve Lord's Supper and who can't. Um, I don't see in Scripture um, rules about who can pa pass it out and who can't um, I don't think the Acts 6 is appropriate for that and so uh, that's because that's a little different so uh, I would look at that I know it's your churches too with how you may fence the table you, you may have deacons because of you protecting the table and stuff and that's understandable and that's a different issue um, <clears throat> so but um, I think that's one option you can look into is if somebody has, uh, maybe even if they're in a wheelchair, you know, and they have a nice flat surface on their wheelchair, then um, make sure their hands are washed, like any of us should. And and then, then maybe they can have, like, the, if the cups or the plates sitting on it, and we can kind of work around that and let them participate in this service. If your church doesn't let them do that, maybe they can help prepare it ahead of time or help cleanup afterwards I'm, I'm not a big fan of that maybe preparing but not the cleanup necessarily because um, I, I don't want them to feel like they're um, just just servants and not 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 participants now it's different if they want to uh, but I would seek every opportunity you can to help have them pass it out even if you have deacons here's something <clears throat> I know a lot of churches you have older deacons who maybe have less than steady hands and maybe if you have somebody with them who's in a wheelchair, they can set it on, and then they get to each aisle or pew, and then they pick it up and pass it, you know, make it a part of it, you know, where the deacon is still ensuring the sanctity of the table to, or sacredness of the table, however you want. 
but but they're getting to participate. So I want us to be as creative as we can to allow each person to participate, okay, as best they can. And you're not going to figure that out the first week, probably. You're going to need a couple weeks. You're going to need to talk to their doctor, to their their speech therapist, maybe their occupational therapist, their physical therapist, their you know, the dietitian, the nurses, the, the people who work with them every day, you need to talk to them too and get some input into this, okay? And then, you, and then that also opens up opportunities for people to hear the gospel and to explain why we care about somebody with a severe and profound intellectual disability. So, so I just really want to encourage you to, to be creative, to be thoughtful, to be inclusive with our brothers and sisters, those who trust in Christ, to, to be able to participate in this unifying ordinance, this ceremony that, that Jesus ordained where we remember his broken body and his shed blood for our salvation. So just remember this is a, ser- this is a part of the service where we are unified and we, we seek unity and avoid divisiveness in this. So... Um, Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, I'd like if you can go subscribe to the podcast. Go uh, give a rating, give a review. Hopefully, good. If you have a not so great rating, can you can you first email me, <laughs> and maybe we can work through. Maybe I can make some improvements. I want to hear input. I want to make improvements to help people um, understand this and to work with this and see how we can help uh, in any way possible. Uh, you can join the Facebook web page. The Facebook page, it's God's work displayed, uh, and I've had some new likes. So thanks everybody that's done that. And you can email me at God's work displayed at gmail.com. It's all one word, no apostrophe. God's work displayed at gmail.com, um, and we can engage with that. Um, remember, the book's always available. <clears throat> the book is for sale on Amazon, so that the works of God might be displayed in Him. Uh, pick that up. It might be a good Christmas present. Uh, that being said, uh, this will be my last episode for this 2019. I'll try to start picking up uh, sometime in January. I'm going to try to do prep for some book reviews and maybe some um, interviews if possible. Uh, but I've got a couple other projects I'm working on this this month along with the holiday stuff and some other things going on in my life. So I'm going to take a little break uh, from the the show until January, hopefully not February, hopefully we get started in January. So uh, thank you for listening and happy holidays. <laughs>